0: Have you ever wondered how you could join the Brew News crew? Well, swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod, and you can join us. We have three different tiers for all of our patrons. At the lager level, you earn early access to all of our podcast episodes. At the IPA level, you get early access to our podcast episodes, but you get special weekly beer tastings that are done by various members of the crew. And you get special video presentations, including our Beer Miss Special, At the stout level, you get everything you get at the IPA level, but you also get to appear on one episode of the Brew News Pod, and when we have some swag, we'll send some your way. So feel free to swing over to patreon.com slash brewnewspod. That again is patreon.com slash brewnewspod and join the crew. Welcome to the Brew News Podcast, all the news that's fit to be brewed. I'm Andrew Jennings.
1: And I'm Travis Matherly. Join us as we go a little bit deeper behind the breweries of your favorite beers and learn about new breweries from around the world.
0: We will be exploring the history and beers of craft brewers and hope to showcase the amazing talent and variety found within the craft beer community, both in the U.S. and abroad.
1: In this episode, we will focus on Oscar Blues brewing. So Andrew, what was your first experience with Oscar Blues?
0: I've had Oscar Blues for a while. Um, I can't pinpoint a time where I haven't had it really. Um, I know I started getting into craft beer in about 2008. Yes. 2008, late 2008, 2009. And I had Oscar blues probably sometime around 2010 or so. Um, it is pretty cool. I know I've had the you near know, the Dale's pale ale, um, some of the common, more common beers. Um, and they always have a unique thing. They always sort of look a little, um, I wouldn't say tr- not trashy. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, lower class. Like be- grungy? Grungy because of the can. Because they were in a can. Um, yeah. Uh, when you see it on the shelves, if you see it in the bar, it's a different story entirely. And it's definitely not trashy, but it's definitely a little odd because you're expecting your craft beer to be in these fancy glasses.
1: But yeah. they're not.
0: They're cans.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of, uh, I mean, obviously we'll get into that later about the whole can thing that yeah. they started uh a- uh, craft beer can revolution, if you will. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I can't remember exactly the first time I had Oscar Blues. I know it was Dale's Pale Ale, And I know for the longest time, I thought it was Dale's Brewing Company <laughs> and just thought that they had named it the Dale's Pale Ale. I mean, it took me like a year to finally remember that it's Oscar Blues Brewing. But yeah, I've had a handful of their year rounds and seasonals and then i've been lucky enough to get my hands on some of their um once a year releases some of the rare stuff like the uh barrel age 10 fitties and all of that so yeah they're delicious and whenever the bottle shops get them they're gone in like an hour Mm -hmm. so i kind of uh you just gotta be available to go over there yeah, yeah, there. Uh, it's a pretty good brew, and it's got a really cool history, and uh, we'll hop into that here shortly. But uh, why don't we go ahead and delve a little deeper into Oscar Blues?
0: The history of Oscar Blues is actually not that old. Um, I was expecting it to be a bit older. It was founded in 1997. That still does make it a uh, 21 years old. It can drink today. Drink yeah, this year. <laughs> it can drink this
1: year. Oscar Blues is legal,
0: <laughs> but. I was expecting it to be a lot older, uh, something like uh, because it is such a large brewery. I was expecting to be older, like Sam Adams or um, Sierra Nevada, which I know Sierra was starting in the 70s. -hmm. So I was really expecting that to be a much older brewery. Um, It was founded by Dale Catechus
1: or Catechus. Catechus. We're not sure. Dale.
0: It was founded by Dale.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was founded by Dale. The namesake of the company, Dale's Pale Ale. Mm -hmm. um tim matthews is their head brewer now they began canning in 2002 with dale's pale ale and he started out by brewing it in the basement of the original restaurant so it was oscar blues brewing and grill i believe in lions and so he started brewing in the basement of the brew pub they label themselves as the original craft beer in a can and there's a lot of debate with the craft beer community about can versus bottle versus what's better for the beer, what looks better. Yeah. People tend to equate canned beer with cheap stuff. Like that was my Bud Miller cores, that kind of stuff. And uh, there, I think their argument was that it exposes the beer to less harmful light. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps it fresher. And then uh, we'll get into uh, some of that here in a minute.
0: Well, that was uh, I mean, going back to what I said, top, that's why I avoided Oscar blues for a, a bit. Um, it actually wasn't until I think there's another local brewery around us, Aviator in Fuqua Verena. Yeah. They exclusively do cans as well. I, I went to their brewery, did a little tour, and they explained why they do canning over bottling. And all of a sudden, all my thoughts about Oscar blues turned on their heads. I'm like, you know what? That's fair. They're protecting the beer well. They're doing a good job with that. Um, they're keeping it safe. Uh, anyone that tells you that they can taste metal out of their beer can, they're just eating the can. They're not actually drinking the beer. <laughs> yeah.
1: They, some of that uh, metallic oxidation perhaps.
0: And uh, you, and if you insist on drinking your beer out of a glass. So Travis, I'm going to tell you about some new technology. We created um, maybe 2000 years ago, give or take. Um, so it's called glassware. Um, yeah. it's a, It's like a bowl type thing where you can pour your drinks into it. From whatever vessel, and then you can drink it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, nobody's forcing you to drink it out of the can if you demand (laughs) to have it in a glass. Oscar Blues has some breweries um, all across the country. They currently brew in Longmont, Colorado. They still have the original one in Lyons, Colorado as well.
0: That's more of a brew pub farm situation for them these days. Yeah, so
1: the brewing takes place in Longmont. Then they're in our home state of North Carolina in Brevard, which is a town probably... What, twenty to thirty minutes outside of Asheville? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's about twenty minutes outside it's of It's a Asheville. very small mountain town. And mm-hmm. then they're also in Austin, Texas.
0: Yeah. Um, a little history about uh, you know well about their size. This year, well I guess 2016, sorry, they brewed about two hundred thousand barrels. Um that's a big step up compared to some of the breweries we've highlighted so far.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a <laughs> that's a jump in microbrewery. Uh, They also have a claim to fame, and I know a a lot of our listeners will be familiar with this because it's in almost everywhere now. Uh, Oscar Blues invented the Crowler. They actually have a patent, I believe, believe on the device that uh, does the crowling. So you have to purchase that technology. And if you get a Crowler at your local brewery anywhere in the U.S. or abroad, thank Oscar Blues.
0: Yeah. So if you don't know what a Crowler is, we probably should start with that. Uh, it is a can growler. Uh, growlers, of course, are usually 64 ounce glass jugs that you fill up with beer from a, uh, usually at a bar from a tap. Uh, crowlers are usually 32 ounces and they just look like giant cans.
1: Yeah, and there's a distinction to be made there. So growlers don't really last as long as growlers. Not at all. Um, growlers, unless the place you're at has a system to pressurize it by injecting some CO2 in it. You really have to drink growlers quick, and that's kind of been, I think, why some people gravitate towards the growlers now, because Mm -hmm. it's easier to drink 32 ounces of beer than it is to drink 64, unless you are specifically taking that growler to a party. Says you. I mean, they, yeah, true. (laughs) Depends on what's in the growler. So, you know, it's just like uh, they do make 32-ounce growlers, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it doesn't
0: it Just doesn't it, seal well. It
1: doesn't seal well sometimes. Uh, and then, hold it I've had growlers leak, and then I was forced to drink 32 ounces or, of a uh, 13% beer one night. Wait, did I join
0: you for that one? Or was that mm-hmm. another night?
1: No, that was me by myself. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Um, but growlers, I know, will last a bit. I know um, for your bachelor party, actually, your your father-in-law brought a pair of growlers from our local brewer, one of our local breweries here, Yeah, we didn't drink them. So he came over to my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, after the party, once after everybody, everybody recovered.
0: And um, I mean, yeah, he just came right over. So this was about four days later, four or five days after he had gotten them poured originally and they were still good.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's, I don't know. There's something about the sound of cracking it too. It's yeah. like cracking a can.
0: And these are, for all intents and purposes, they're sealable cans, um, but it's just like any uh, aluminum can. They fill it up. Put a cap on it and then it, they crank it down. Um, they mesh it and bend it and curl it, I guess. I'm not back there watching the device work. Yeah, all the time. I,
1: I don't pretend to know the inner workings of a crawling machine.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyways, <laughs> let's keep it moving. Uh, Oscar Blues has also created a few other things. They've got Be Stiff and Sons Old Fashioned Sodas and Spirits, yep. OB Fooderies, which is their restaurants, and Hot Box Coffee Roasters, which Plays a part in one of their annual release beers. Mm-hmm. It's a seasonal called uh, Hot Box Coffee Porter. Yes. And I love that beer.
0: That is a fantastic beer. Unfortunately, it's seasonal.
1: And it releases, as of the recording of this episode, I think it's like two weeks out from being released. Eight, four. Eight, four. Yeah, so about <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> so we it, missed it. <laughs>
0: it'll be released by the time we release the episode, but not released while we're recording the episode. Yeah. Um. The cool thing about the... Beastiff stiff and Sons old fashioned citizen spirits is they are actually trying to create canned cocktails. Hmm. Um, what they have right now, the only flavor I could find at the moment is the Moscow Mule. Yeah, um,
1: seems like that would be pretty popular and easy to.
0: Yeah, but uh, they're, that's part of their spirit line. Is they're creating um, essentially cocktails in a can that you can drink anywhere. Now you can't get them anywhere. I was searching around our area, not in North Carolina. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find them in Virginia, Georgia, really anywhere around unfortunately. I know in North Carolina we have some odd laws about liquor, so it makes sense that I can't get a Moscow mule in a can, except for at a <laughs> liquor store. Yeah. Uh, but uh I would definitely drink one if I can get a hold of one.
1: Yeah. And uh just some other interesting facts about Oscar Blues uh they are the fourteenth largest craft brewery as of two thousand and fifteen. Now they're the ninth largest and I think we should take that time to go ahead and talk about why talk about why yeah, yeah, why they're now the ninth largest why they jumped up uh five places in yeah about three years and we're
0: talking a ton of uh capacity there so if you start looking for you know size of craft breweries in the u s you probably won't find Oscar Blue's name. The mm-hmm. reason you won't find them is because they're part of a collective known as canarchy.
1: Um, I yes. We said canarchy. Canarchy, As you're going to see Oscar blues cans plays a, a, a an ever present role yeah. in everything that they do.
0: Yes. Um, and that actually fits a lot of other things that they do is this whole counterculture, but canarchy itself uh, was founded in 2015. Um, so right around the time they made that big jump in, in capacity. I put in that in quotes, um, and it's partially funded by a group called the Fireman Capital Partners. However, Oscar Blues is the largest brewery in this group, mm-hmm. and this is a brewery group. Um, it includes uh, Parent, Cigar City uh, out of Florida. I can't remember where Parent's from.
1: Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it might be New York, but I'm not. It's I'm...
0: either New York or it's Michigan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Cigar City out of Florida. Squatters and Washa- Wasatch out of Utah. Deep Elm. Oh, Deep Ellum is the um, that's the Michigan one. Uh, and Three Weavers out of California.
1: Yeah, I think um, that's an LA-based brewery.
0: Yeah. Uh, those last two, Deep Ellum and Three Weavers, were added to Canarchy uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the goal, yet again, is to be the number one provider of American craft beer in a can.
1: So as you would <laughs> expect, all of these breweries can all of their beer. Uh, I think, let's see here. We've got the statistic. They brewed... As a collective three hundred and fifty nine thousand barrels in two thousand and seventeen, which included all fifty states and seventeen countries
0: they have really good distribution
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. and that's um I think we'll take that time to talk about what that means so the distribution thing we've touched on it in the wicked weed episode, a little mm-hmm. bit about craft brewing Alliance, um which is another one around here, and the idea of craft breweries sticking together to keep from selling out right. to larger corporations and being able to get their beer distributed everywhere and just to help each other in that sense of community that they've gotten.
0: Yeah. Canarchy is um, of the ones of the main options you have. So you can either just get big enough you can't get bought mm-hmm. a la Sierra New Belgium, Sam Adams. You can um, be part of a group like the craft uh, beer Alliance, CBA, um, which is, is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do a great job of actually helping to grow the breweries themselves. Um, that one's
1: that, just more solely focused on distribution. It is,
0: and it's also 30% owned by Anheuser-Busch, so that's a whole different animal.
1: Yeah, we'll get off in the weeds and we yeah, go there. Yeah, we're not
0: gonna get there. And the other option, of course, is to get bought by a group like Miller, Miller Coors, uh, or Anheuser-Busch. Canarchy really, does a good job of saying, all right, we're going to become a collective. We're going to share resources. We're going to benefit each other. Um, So um, I'm going to sort of foreshadow here, but we do have an excellent interview with uh, Aaron Baker from Oscar blues coming up. And uh, he does go into a lot of the benefits to canarchy for Oscar blues, but also for the, uh, for the other companies within, but also for us, the consumers.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, like a personal touch of that, Cigar City, which is based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Tampa? Uh, it might be Tampa, but I believe I had it in Jacksonville I think it's at a wedding. Based Are in, they in Tampa?
0: It's based in Tampa, but yeah, up until they joined Canarchy, they could only be gotten, be, gotten, be drunk, be purchased. Be found. Be found in Florida.
1: Yeah, and uh, we were, my wife and I at the time, we were still just dating. We were in Florida for a wedding... And that was my first introduction to Cigar City. And this guy's like, you'll love this beer Mm -hmm. at the bar, poured me a high lie, and I loved it. Never saw that beer again. Probably about two years later, Mm -hmm. now that they're in the collective, because Oscar Blues is in North Carolina, we now have Cigar City everywhere in North Carolina. And it is awesome because I love their beer.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So um, that's sort of the goods and bads. Not really many negatives on that, but
1: yeah, um, I mean, it, it's not in the same sense as we talked about with wicked weed, where you're, when you do you become too big to mm-hmm. be considered not a craft brewery? I think Oscar blues, Sierra Nevada, new Belgium, those kind of guys push the envelope
0: mm-hmm. with
1: the, their size. But I think part of craft beer is not just your size, but the sense of community that we always touch on and the culture that you try and establish and promote and yeah. i think oscar blues is really about that so you know we kind of touched the the counterculture in our unknown episode mm-hmm. a few weeks ago and oscar blues like you said is really big on that counterculture but it's a little different to me than unknown unknown was more like a punk rock type of counterculture like more extreme yeah. counterculture, whereas you create Oscar, your
0: own counterculture sort of. Situation yeah, and know. Oscar
1: Blues, if you like, follow them on Instagram or on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, and you drink their beer and you see their stuff and where they're located. They're more of like a hippie, hipster, granola, maybe like a little outdoorsy. Yeah, a counterculture little, definitely
0: outdoorsy. Um, with all the things they do, one of the other uh, ventures they have is Reeb Cycles, R-E-E-B Cycles out in uh, Brevard and they're really involved with bicycling. They're really involved with uh, hiking, mountain biking, um, all these things. And a lot of these have led to their choices um, to where they have located and where they've uh, essentially opened their breweries as well. um, Which fortunately Aaron will touch on when we, uh, during our interview. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that, that whole concept, they are obsessed with music as well. Um, So they have music at, at all their bars not I assume not all the time but they're always trying to have live music and they have a festival every year mm-hmm. um, coming up on August 11th um, burning can
1: yeah um, it's in North Carolina. Uh, Right now this year, I don't know if they rotate sites every year or if it's at every single brewery every year.
0: I think there's one in North Carolina every year. There's one at the Brevard Brewery every year. Yeah, so this one will
1: be in Brevard in North Carolina August 10th through the 12th this year. It's a music and craft can festival with over 50 craft can breweries.
0: And their goal with that, and um, I don't want to take away too much from Aaron later but their goal with that is to bring in a lot of new breweries that you that we can't get in North Carolina um they're trying to find rare stuff that's in cans yet again it all comes back to the can can they do it yes they can
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) okay That. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. With the pun.
0: So let's talk about what they put in those cans. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Let's go ahead and touch on that. Some of their current year rounds and seasonals, of course, obviously the flagship is the Dale's pale ale. They also have the pinner, which is a throwback IPA. I don't know what makes it a throwback, but we can touch on that later. Touch on that later. (laughs) Uh, They also carry the IPA, which is just IPA. Uh, Mama's Little Yellow Pills, which is a pilsner, and Old Chub Scotch Ale. They also make Old Chub in a nitro can. I cannot find it hardly ever, but it it's good. I like it a lot better than the actual just original. It's Old Chub so much smoother. It changes it a lot. Yeah. They um their newest ones the
0: burrito beerito Mexican Lager. Uh, they also have the Goodnight Imperial Red IPA. Uh, Priscilla, which is I had actually never heard of before.
1: Yeah. And I haven't seen it lately. So that may or may not be out of production. I don't know how they rotate stuff in and out. Yeah.
0: They have the fugly or fugly. It's a Yuzu and ugly fruit IPA. Am mm. I saying that right?
1: I think it's fugly. Okay. Yeah. Is
0: it called ugly fruit?
1: Yeah. It's ugly okay. fruit. It's okay. Just all making sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as Travis touched on before the hot box coffee porter. Uh, Love it. It's coming out in just a few days,
1: man. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of weeks, but with not tonight for us. Uh,
0: the Death by Coconut Irish Porter and the Ten Fitty Imperial Stout, and that rounds out their regular lineup.
1: Yeah, and for the specials, they have a—they really don't do a lot of one-off really releases. But what they really do that I love is—and um, we've talked about it already a little—is the Barrel Age series. So their Ten Fitty. Uh, Imperial Stout, they'll do variants of it. So they have Java-aged 10 with coffee. They'll do a Jamaican version of that with like a Rasta design on the can. Okay. They do a bourbon-barrel-aged, uh, rum-barrel-aged Death by Coconut. Mm. comes out every once in a while. And the uh, one that I've gotten, I got to try this, and I don't know if they'll ever make it again. A buddy of mine got his hands on a can um, that was part of the Short-Lived Loyalty Program, which... Uh, Aaron will get to in the interview. It was called Back the Fitty Up. It was a mixture of rum barrel, death by coconut, ten fitty, berries, and I think there was bourbon in there as well. I mean, it was. <laughs> I went to my Untapped just to write what I wrote about it, and I said it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> With a lot of things going on. It was really sweet. A lot of oak. The berries were shining through. It was like everything was fighting for space. Yeah. Um, and those all come in stovepipe cans, which is really cool too. Yeah. So um they're just kind of fun. All right.
0: Well, um, I guess that's sort of, that's really all we got. So. Yeah.
1: so without further ado, let's go ahead and play our interview with Aaron from Oscar Blues. Unfortunately, I was unavailable for the interview, so you will just be getting to listen to Andrew for a little while.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> let's <laughs> turn it over to Aaron. So I guess, Aaron, could you first tell me a little bit about what you do with Oscar Blues? Sure. So I'm the uh, senior marketing manager here
2: in North Carolina at our brewery here and I also have a sort of secondary role uh, in charge of all of our Oscar Blues tap rooms across the country, which includes North Carolina, but also Austin, Texas and Longmont, Colorado, and then uh, Boulder, Colorado as well.
0: Cool. So how did you get into um, Oscar Blues in particular, but craft brewing in general?
2: Yeah, so I, um, I'm i from Florida originally, but I went to college in Brevard, uh, where the brewery is now. So I was here actually before the brewery moved in, and when they moved here, I was into craft beer at the time, and so I definitely saw some opportunities to grow at, at uh, with Oscar Blues, and so I just started bothering the marketing manager at the time (laughs) actually via twitter direct message until she uh agreed to meet me for lunch and then uh sort of made that connection and uh brought got brought on originally just booking music in the Mm taproom uh part-time and then started doing events and uh sponsorships and just sort of Took off from there, so I've been here five and a half years
0: now. So um, I guess the first thing I'd like to know about Oscar Blues in general then would be um, when people visit or drink an Oscar beer's blue, uh, Oscar blue beer. Sorry.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. What's the one thing you want them to think about or to know or take away from that experience?
2: Yeah, I think we're we're really a, a lifestyle company. We always have been. The Dale's Pale Ale being the original craft beer in a can. Um, was really born out of Dale, our founder's love for, for mountain biking and getting after it, getting outside and, and uh, going to concerts and live music and anywhere you might, you know, enjoy a, a, a good craft beer in a can rather than, you know, in, in any other um, package. So, you know, that's kind of from there, we, we sort of built the brewery on, on that li- lifestyle and uh our tap rooms are all sort of centered around that lifestyle we, have, we all have live music um, we all have group mountain bike rides that leave from the tap rooms and um, you know it's that it's that culture piece and also you know just quality quality beer uh, really great ingredients and you know we have a, a big um, quality control lab here in brevard and at all our locations um, that's you know kind of obsessed with making the best beer possible and, and sourcing the best ingredients possible. So we put those kind of two things together, the lifestyle and the quality of the product. And uh, that's kind of what we want people to take away every time they're cracking a can at
0: home or, or having a pint with us here at the brewery. I know you guys have expanded a few times because I believe what the original brewery was in Lyons, Colorado, now you have a brewery yep. in Longmont. Um, and then you've also expanded to Austin and Asheboro, uh, not Ashboro, sorry, I work in Asheboro, <laughs> Asheville. Um, yep. So why did you guys choose to expand to um, Austin, Texas and Nashville?
2: Um, so Brevard, which is where our North Carolina okay. brewery is, was a decision made in, in 2012. And at that point we only had um, Lions, the original brewery location, and then Longmont, Colorado, uh, so two two sort of breweries in Colorado. And Dale and, and the rest of the leadership team started looking at how much beer we were shipping east of the Mississippi. And uh, we also cold ship our beer, which is um, part of that quality uh, assurance piece. And uh, so shipping refrigerated trucks over long distances can get pretty expensive. So yeah. they started looking at options for expanding to an East coast facility and, um, you know, Dale's style is pretty, pretty aggressive and just kind of wanting to get shit done, honestly. And so we didn't really have an extensive site selection process and some breweries go through years of working with municipalities and trying to get tax breaks and, you know, things like that. We just kind of put our finger on the map and the one, one place that Dale had uh, visited to mountain bike and um, was right here in Brevard and, and Pisgah National Forest. So he uh, said, you know, if we're going to expand east, that's that's where I want the brewery to be. So, you know, when I visit I at least know I'm going to be able to ride my mountain bike. And, and he also recognized that the culture that grows out of mm-hmm. um, a company is really informed by where that, that brewery or that company is located. So he he liked the small town vibe of Brevard it reminded him of, of Lyons Colorado and, and so um, that's where that's where the decision came from for North Carolina and Austin Texas was really again like, it was kind of a culture decision uh, live music has always been a huge part of, of what Oscar Blue's brewery does the original brew pub in, in Lyons Colorado had a in the basement and still does to this day and, and like I said all of our tap rooms have live music, and uh, Austin, Texas is definitely the center in the world, really, of of live music, so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there were business decisions as well, you know, we, Texas is a huge state, there's a huge population there, and and we were starting to sell more and more beer down there, so getting fresh beer, you know, just like the decision to build an East Coast facility, uh, we recognize the, the benefits of being able to ship beer closer um, to, to the consumer and so getting the freshest beer possible out there and, and uh, so Austin uh, seemed like the best choice for all those reasons.
0: I know of the, uh, collectively call them the big three out in, Nash, out in Nashville area with um, Oscar Blues, Sierra, and Sierra Nevada and uh, New Belgium, Oscar mm-hmm. Blues was definitely the first one to get out there um so i didn't know if you guys were like a first mover in that situation because i know having been to both of those other breweries a lot of times they talk about the location specifically you know the climate and the water and all that i think it's interesting that you guys made a decision more based on where you wanted to hang out <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i mean the water here is, is obviously great and and matches pretty closely to to the original water that we were using in colorado but but it was much more of a, a sort of lifestyle decision, and, and the sort of company culture that we wanted to bring with us, you know, from Colorado, but also the culture that was already here in Brevard in Western North Carolina that we we felt a strong connection to. So, um, and actually, of those of those other breweries, the, the bigger breweries that are here, both of them actually announced before us that they were coming here, but. They had a much longer process of getting up and going. We had a, a very short site selection process of Dale really just making the, the decision and then um, moved into the, the brewery um, in September of 2012 is when we uh, closed on the property. We were brewing beer. Our first brew date was 12-12-12, um, so really just 90 days after we took control of the building. So it was a crazy, crazy early days uh, of moving everything in and you know i'm not i'm not going to say we were really done (laughs) after 90 days but we had what we needed to brew the first batch of beer and and it's just kind of grown out from there and in in different phases
0: that's that is very quick turnaround. (laughs) yeah so uh with the other breweries is there anything in particular you can't brew at sorry is there any beer in particular you only brew at certain breweries i know like Take New Belgium, for example. They don't do a sour program in Asheville, if I remember correctly. They do all those okay. still in Colorado. Do you guys just do all all the beers at all the breweries, or is there something specific to each of the breweries themselves?
2: Um, so we we do have the ability to make all the beer in, in each facility. I mean, certain market conditions or logistics mean we brew beer at different times in different places, but... But we do have the ability to, to make everything everywhere um we're also um which you may have wanted to bring this up later but you know we're now part of this larger uh, organization called the canarchy collective um which uh, cigar city brewing is a part of um Perrin brewing in michigan wasatch and squatters in utah um, and we've recently picked up deep elm which is in dallas Mm-hmm. and Three Weavers, which is a Los Angeles-based brewery. And so that collective um, is really a way for breweries to remain independent in a, in a market that where, you know, Anheuser-Busch and Miller and a lot of these huge uh, big beer corporations are starting to to swipe up smaller craft breweries. And so our model is really, you know, let's – Let's be able to band together as craft breweries and, and stay independent, but also you know be able to share uh, best practices and and learn from each other and, and uh, you know obviously more practical business things like sharing uh, our distributor networks and and uh, buying power when it comes to to ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're actually beginning to make some Cigar City beer. Here in Brevard as well, and that's that's another benefit to that Canarchy platform is we can we can move beer closer to the consumer so that they're getting fresher beer, whether it's Oscar Blues beer or whether it's um, High Life from Cigar City or or um, any of the other Canarchy beers. So um, that's that's definitely a, a big part of what we've got going on right now, and and uh, the consumer doesn't really see a lot of that, but mm-hmm. I think what they should know is that you know we can we can get fresher beer from breweries that you may have always wanted you know like cigar city was was pretty well known down in florida but they were you know 99% of their distribution was in florida itself so you know moving to partnering with Oscar blues and the other breweries within canarchy they're able to get their beer out to to people that have always wanted it and, and it's super fresh and, and good stuff so yeah
0: um, yeah, that's part of what we've got going on in Brevard right now too. Okay. Yeah actually I was going to ask that because I know um, I've done some research at the, on the Craft Brewers Alliance which is like uh-huh. Kona and uh, right. Red Hook and a couple others um, and I was wondering if you guys were following more of that model where... Um, but except, it sounds like you guys are doing more in terms of sharing resources as opposed to um, doing anything else. So I think that's very beneficial to the consumer, to me, the, the casual beer drinker. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I think my impression of, of uh, CBA was more that they were on the distributor side and mm-hmm. sort of on the sales side. They were they were collaborating, but it was somewhat limited to that. So we're we're definitely. I mean, it's like the ultimate collaboration what we're doing now. Uh, you know, it's not just brewing a single beer together like breweries do a lot of times, but we're really digging in and, and sharing, you know, lab resources so we can get the our QC programs, you know, as good as they can possibly get, mm-hmm. and um, you know, brewing practices and and all those types of things to, to really make sure that the beer that we're getting out there to the to the beer drinker is is uh, the best possible beer that we can make.
0: With that said, are you guys going to be doing any collaborations with the other um, breweries in Canarchy that will be available?
2: Yeah, so we've already done a few um, we're planning on 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 more for sure. Um, and uh, we're excited, you know, that it just opens up a ton of possibilities when uh, when you're working so closely with other breweries and Nothing that I can spill the beans on quite yet, but we've definitely got some stuff planned for uh, for later this year that I think people will be really excited about.
0: So we were when we were looking into Oscar Blues, um, we found something about it, like a loyalty club. Do you guys could you expand on that at all?
2: Yeah, so we 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 don't actually currently have a okay. a uh, rare beer club. We did have one about a year ago, um, and we're. I'm in the process of, of revamping it and and working on it, Cigar City actually has an amazing rare beer club called um, El Catador, uh, which we have collaborated with them on to bring to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people in Colorado can actually pick up their beers from the El Catador club at our tap rooms in Colorado, and and so we're looking to sort of expand on on that particular club, but also. Um, looking into how Oscar Blues can bring um, some of the more rare beers that people are, are hungry for. But I hope we can get that off the ground in, in 2019. So we're we're behind the scenes kind of working on all that stuff right now.
0: Awesome. That sounds great. <laughs> um, I guess a question about your brewing itself. Um yeah. Is there... Any specific inspiration that your brewmasters or your uh, your brew team or flavor masters do when they're trying to develop new things? Sort of inspiration they draw upon?
2: Yeah, I mean Tim Tim Matthews is our head brewer. Um, he's based in, in Colorado, but he does a ton of traveling. Um, and I think Tim would probably say that you know ingredients are where where everything starts uh, for him with beer. Uh, sourcing the best ingredients and and getting you know the right malt and the right hops and the right yeast together uh, to make the best beer. And we've done a lot of that recently. Our, our IPA exclusively uses Southern Hemisphere hops, mm-hmm. Australian hops, which have a completely different flavor profile than, than uh, the hops that I think the typical American IPA has. Um, a, lot, a lot juicier, a lot of uh, that sort of tropical fruit flavors, as opposed to sort of piney, citrusy flavors of, uh, of uh, you know, west coast ipas and things like that so tim is constantly on the on the lookout and taking trips to to europe and and all over the world to kind of source the best stuff possible and and really take inspiration from that bottom line i mean tim tim matthews our head brewer really starts starts from the ingredients and and the flavor profiles he's getting off of of those things and and that kind of inspires the beer that that becomes the next the next the next Oscar Blues
0: beer. Speaking of the next Oscar Blues beer, is there anything that you can share that might be coming down the pipe in terms of what you'll be distributing next beyond what you currently have? So we do have um, Hotbox Coffee
2: Porter, which is something we've done a a little bit, but I think it's going to be getting out there more and more. It will be released on August 4th. Um, at all our tap rooms, and that beer will be distributed um, nationally. And it sounds like that that beer has been sort of a limited release in the past, and it's going to become more readily available. So that's probably the one I would point to. I think we've, we're have we just in the process of looking at, at 2019 and, and what we might be releasing next year, and um, we've got some pretty exciting things coming, um, but nothing I can talk about yet. <laughs> and then, uh, sorry about that, but, um, you know, 10 uh, Imperial Stout is is always sort of a classic that people look to and that, that's getting ready to come out as well at the uh, uh, beginning of September. And Death by Coconut as well, which is sort of a cult favorite, will be coming back in October. So those are those are the ones I can speak to right now, but we, uh, we've we got a lot of uh, cool kind of trial beers coming through the tap rooms right now, which they're working on in Lyons. That's part of the benefit of, of still having that original location in Lyons is we can play around some stuff and and release it in the tap rooms and see how it does and what the response is from the beer drinker Mm -hmm. and then those things you know can blow up in a year's time be be nationally distributed beers if you're near an oscar blues tap room i would say stop in and see what's on the specialty list because that stuff is uh is often what becomes you know distributed Um, for the next uh, sales season so it's a good way to get a good little preview
0: is there anything else you want people to know about Oscar Blues or Canarchy in general well I mean, one thing that,
2: that we're working hard here in North Carolina on right now is, is our uh, Burning Can Beer Festival, which is coming up August 10th and 11th, and it has really grown in the last few years. It's a it's really a, a celebration of craft beer in a can, inspired by Dale's Pale Ale, the, the original craft beer in a can, and, and everything that goes along with that, as I said in the beginning. You know, this sort of outdoor lifestyle and quality beer and, and good experiences, so Burning Can is, is just a huge weekend it's on our our property here in north carolina which is 145 acre farm uh, we got we invite our all of our beer buddies that, that make craft beer in a can so we're up to i think 65 breweries at this point that'll be pouring on saturday august 11th um and we've got great live music uh lettuce is headlining and we've got carl Benson and Hip abduction so there's camping available, and then there's you know true to the the craft beer in a can lifestyle, we've got uh, bike rides and paddle trips and trail runs and yoga, and uh, it's just it's one of the best weekends in the year. It's, uh, it's a hell of a lot of work for me and the marketing team, but, uh, <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun, and um, we we had about three thousand people out last year, and. And we're looking forward to growing it every year. So burning com is, is the website to go to if people are interested in, in attending and there's a ton of great beer there always. So we work pretty hard to, to get some breweries into North Carolina and some of the laws here make it a little difficult to, uh, to navigate, but we work hard to to get some people into the state that, that aren't necessarily at every beer festival. Um, so you'll probably be able to get some beer there that that you, uh, you don't get it otherwise. So awesome. uh, I would definitely encourage people to to come out. It's a great weekend. I Like I said, I think it's the best weekend of the year for us. So burningcan.com is the place to go for that.
1: Thank you so much, Aaron.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So we just like to thank Aaron Baker for that great interview. Again, hate I missed it. But, Andrew, thanks for filling in and taking it on by yourself. Uh, we hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit more about Oscar blues from somebody on the inside of the company that was able to give us a different perspective.
0: Yeah. uh, Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Oscar blues for responding back to us. And uh, I think we've learned enough. Yeah. I think it's time to start drinking.
1: Yeah. I would agree with that. Our first beer tonight is going to be Mama's Little Yellow Pills. This is a German, I'm sorry, Czech Pilsner. Can't make that mistake. Check yourself. Yeah, better check yourself before you wreck yourself. It is four point point seven. I can't, I can't stop Four point seven percent alcohol by volume, thirty five IBUs. It is a Bavaria slash Bohemia. Pils.
0: Which I find interesting that they also call it a Czech Pilsner because Bavaria is southern
1: Germany. So you I was right.
0: Well, yes. Uh, Bohemia, though, it does include that section um, south of Germany into Czech Republic. Um, both are known for their lighter, mm. maltier beers.
1: Yeah. And this is, uh, as you say, malty. On the nose, this is definitely malty. It's got honey malt, Saz, and aramis hops. And it is fermented, cool with german yeast
0: so that's standard of most pilsners or most um uh lagers is to be fermented cool uh they by nature the yeast prefer a little cooler temperature they take about twice as long to ferment as ales that's why so many brewers use ales as opposed to the lagers
1: yeah that's that floral malty nose just a little bit of the honey on the nose mm-hmm. but this has got a pretty good hot bite there at the end. Like it starts off like a true Pilsner and then it kind of gets a little hoppier.
0: I'm liking that. Um I, I'm i sure if you've listened to us at this point, you know, <laughs> I don't like Pilsners.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andrew typically does not like the Pilsners or the loggers or any of the light beers.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> but this
1: is good. Um And if you appreciate it for what it is.
0: Yeah, I, I will appreciate it for what it is. It's just not something I'm going to reach for, but mm-hmm. this is actually something I would reach for. Um, it's like Travis said; it's got a nice hop build to it, um, which balance as well with the uh, I don't really get the honey malt but I do get the the Czech malt
1: I do get some of the honey there's a there's a slight lingering sweetness to it if you really just like said once that hot initial Mm. hot bite goes away and it's not really like when I say hot bite it's not like an IPA hot bite but it definitely is just like a quick bitterness
0: it prevents like um the reason why I don't usually like Pilsner's is because that sweetness sits on my, the back end, uh, that sweetness just sits on my tongue. And I don't care for that. Um uh, the hop, like you're saying, it just sort of cleans that up, that, that bitterness just sort of cleans up that, um uh, that sweet palate. Like some of the uh, other beers we've had where it's like a multi IPA where the sweetness balances the hops. So yeah. it doesn't hang around. The hops in this case are actually balancing the malt, which is very good.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it's a very nice, well-rounded Pilsner and it's a, uh. It's a good little can, and most of Oscar Blue's cans have a saying on them. Let me grab
0: this, this thing. Yeah, we, we didn't think this through when we were placing stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm mean?
1: back. <clears throat> this one just says, Mama Tried. So I think one of their original sayings, if I found it right, that got rejected by the federal government was, take two pills and call me in the morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they
1: just wouldn't let you do that. <laughs> but uh, most of their cans have it, and uh, I guess at
0: this point we should say, please do not mix drugs and alcohol. Um, if you're listening, federal government, we just said it.
1: Yeah, please take two pills, pilsners, <laughs> and call them in the morning. And uh, you know, with the can stuff going on with Oscar Blues, this is a good time that they were very big into the pack it in, pack it out mm-hmm. um, thing for hikers and being outdoorsy. So well, that was good. Yeah, I think we're ready for beer number two.
0: Next up, we have the pinner or piner throwback IPA. i'm
1: i'm gonna go with pinner on this one p-i-n-n-e-r pinner and i don't think it's piner
0: okay fine Uh, fine well (laughs) you introduce it next time (laughs) this is a 4.9 percent alcohol uh, ipa it's got 35 ibus and it is their session or indian session ipa they call it their throwback ipa um still have no idea why However, uh, what they do say, this is the only beer that they have that doesn't have a pop to it. Um, hmm. So that's the whole, I guess their throwback is, see, it goes harkens back to a maltier time. Yeah. A time <laughs> when hops didn't run rampant. <laughs> yeah, <destroying laughs> a time pallets. when we weren't
1: hop crazy <laughs> in this country.
0: Um, so, But in order to get all of this fun flavors and aromas, it uses a, a array of hops to create a nice aroma and malt to help balance out that bitterness. Ooh. So sort of the opposite of what we were seeing with Mama's Little Yellow Pills.
1: That smells really good.
0: Now they're claiming that it is tropical fruit, citrus, pineapple, and a spice berry uh, up front with a biscuity back end.
1: Yeah, biscuit and toasted bread in the back. And the little saying for this one is sip, sip, give. I I get the citrus and the tropical up front.
0: I'm definitely smelling the tropical fruits. Um, Nice, like a a meaty fruit, like not a mango, more like a papaya perhaps.
1: Yeah, something... You know, I just say ones.
0: fruits and see if I get it right.
1: <laughs> see, I mean, I, I mean, shove up a pie in my face. I couldn't tell you what it smelled like, but um, most of the time, I think when you people think of tropical fruits in their IPAs, they think of guava, oh, mm-hmm. mango, pineapple, um, sometimes passion fruit, that yeah. kind of stuff.
0: This is good. It's a nice little tropical IPA. Um, I don't get a ton of the citrus, but I, ooh, that pineapple just came through on that back end. I, I'm not getting that biscuit, but I got pineapple.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a... The spice berry, I don't really get that as much, but yeah, once that. What's a spice berry? I, I have no idea, but I <laughs> expected it to be spicy. <laughs> I expected a little bit of a peppery bite to it, and I really didn't get it. Um, the biscuit and buttered bread thing, like I really get like buttered bread, like that hmm. without sounding disgusting, that creamy mouth feel <laughs> from like if you eat a piece of butter that's still melting on some toast. It's like how it coats your tongue, how yeah. the fat and the butter can coat your tongue and your mouth. That's kind of, I mean, they're exactly right on that.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting it. Uh, I'm definitely feeling more tropical fruits, um, like a, a thicker IPA. I've had I've had a few, something like this before. Um, I'm liking it. Uh, definitely good.
1: Yeah, this is a, uh, for a session, it's, I mean, sessions are lower alcohol and not as bitter for the most part, this yeah. is, I mean, this is less bitter than... hop job. Yeah. Well, every, and, uh,
0: almost every session we'll ever have is bit <laughs> less bitter than hop job. Hop, <laughs>
1: yeah. For real. <laughs> I mean, this is the same IBUs as their Pilsner, so mm-hmm. that gives you any indication. Yeah. Um, what the Pilsner? Very... Very clear. Yeah. It's a nice little golden hue to it. I really am enjoying this, Pil- uh, not Pilsner, IPA.
0: IPA. That was good. I guess let's get ready for our next beer.
1: Our third beer is Oscar Blue's flagship beer, Dale's Pale Ale. This is clocking in at 6.5% ABV at 65 IBU, so it's a pretty bitter it's, pale it's ale. pushing IPA status. <laughs> yeah. This, what they call the original craft beer in a can, is also the first beer they ever brewed. Uh, this beer started as a joke for the founder, Dale. Insert last name that we can't pronounce yeah, correctly.
0: We feel bad. Yeah,
1: we, we feel terrible. Used to make it in a bathtub, and according to him, it was awful.
0: Yeah, so everyone it, that joke was when he was starting home brewing. That you know, people just wanted his pale ale because it was just so bad, or um, they didn't know what it was going to taste like. Um, I, I did see a nice interview with him, and he was talking about it. Uh, clearly, he's got that fixed; it's not bad at all anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you don't know Oscar Blues, you've probably seen Dale's Pale in a can somewhere, and you thought it was a brewery called Dale. Yeah, true. That. I'm not look,
0: I'm not blaming you. I did the same thing. For, <laughs> it was like know.
1: it's like oh yeah, that Dale's Brewing <clears throat> company. Cuz
0: you don't see Oscar Blues on the can easily. It's there. It's silver. It fades into the background, but Dale's Pale Ale is right front and center. Mm-hmm. You can't miss that.
1: Red white and blue. Mhm. This is it, a
0: good uh it's patriotic beer
1: Yeah. This is uh, it doesn't smell. Mm-mm. Overly hoppy like is going to be 65.
0: Yeah. Ideas. So I didn't get anything on the nose. Um I think it's balanced well. I don't get any anything crazy. A little citrusy, but that's about it.
1: Yeah, I really don't pick up a lot on the nose. It's fairly fairly neutral smelling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good beer. You maybe smell just a hint of malt, but at 65 IBUs, I honestly expected it to s- smell bitter or smell more IPA-ish. And it's right. really not in that... Tastes like you're talking about is it is a little hoppy, a little floral, like that citrusy mm-hmm. and floral notes. But there's a good amount of malt in there, too. Like, this is a where sometimes I think you know we expect, I think we had it with Blueprint where it was a hoppier pale ale, right? And where
0: or maltier pale ale, yeah, some of them we've had.
1: And I maybe mean, this is like the polar opposite of what I expected. Mama's Little Yellow Pills to be. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what I expected the Pilsner to be a little more like. This is probably maltier and a little thicker mm-hmm. than the Pilsner, but it's not nearly as hoppy. Like that hop bitterness doesn't just like stick out to you as much.
0: Yeah, it's nice. It, I can see why it's a flagship beer. Um, it's definitely – I know people probably don't like it if, I, when, if when I use this phrase, but it's unoffensive. So you're not going to make anyone mad by offering them this beer – um, it's good.
1: It's an agreeable beer. Yes. There it's, you go. Which is not offensive. I... No. Nah. Fine. But <laughs> no, I mean, like this is one of, uh, Dale's Pale Ale. My father-in-law yeah, is real big into Dale's Pale Ale. So he's a lot of times he's always got some in the fridge or he loves buying the box mixed 12 pack. Or that still includes yours. The, yeah. Or still mine. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't keep a lot of Oscar Blues in the fridge, but I mean, I like their mixed 12 packs. Yeah. And, um, Another buddy of ours typically keeps some Oscar Blues hanging around somewhere. Okay.
0: But this is good. Good yeah. little flagship beer.
1: Okay, let's go ahead and move on to beer number four.
0: Our next beer is the Dale's. Uh, not
1: Dale's, sorry. Ah, see, you did it. it. I knew I knew it. But <laughs> it is, Dale's Brewing IPA. No.
0: It, is, it is Dale's IPA, but it's just called IPA.
1: Yep, this is literally Oscar Blues. IPA. ipa
0: uh it's 6.4 uh, percent alcohol 70 ibus uh the straight strain it's the blue dream ipa it comes yeah. in a nice blue can
1: yeah it's a very uh very blue can yeah it says to each their own till we go home
0: so this is actually fun because it is pure southern hemisphere hops um they also use southern hemisphere barley and they use red wheat um just like aaron said you know this is a Southern Hemisphere IPA, which was very odd when it came out. It's yeah. still not as common as you'd expect. I know Sierra Nevada every year does like a southern, an upside down series where they get their hops from mm-hmm. uh, Australia. Um, but what we mean by Southern Hemisphere hops, we mean Enigma, Vic Secret, Ella, and Galaxy.
1: So these are typically from New Zealand, Australia, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I think Vic Secret and Galaxy. More so Galaxy Galaxy's, yeah. has become a very big go-to hop now in North America. Vic Secret, you see uh, Vic Secret in a lot of beers, but you also see single hop variant beers that have Vic Secret or Galaxy in them. Enigma and Ella, I'm not really sure I've heard of Ella before. I, I've seen Enigma, Enigma sounds familiar, but I can't uh, say anything about it.
0: I've had some things with Enigma. I couldn't tell you what it tastes like or what the palate is. Um, as regular viewers of our listeners on the podcast know, I can't tell you what anything smells or tastes like. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but uh, this does have a nice aroma. I like that. I like the smell.
1: Yeah, they describe it as having a juicy and sweet aroma, which I would say is characteristically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just juicy, sweet, smel- sweet smelling. Um, it's supposed to have flavors of passion fruit, raspberries, pineapple, and citrus. Um, it says smash a blue Ferrigno and it'll smash back. Okay, that, God. See, we're just getting into the pun heavy breweries.
0: Apparently, we need to do more pun heavy breweries. <laughs> I like pun breweries. Um, in case you're curious, blue Ferrigno. Um,
1: yeah. It's blue, blue
0: Ferrigno, Ferrigno from.
1: It's punny. God damn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he was the Incredible Hulk
1: on TV. <laughs> For anybody under the age yeah. of 50. <laughs> we're under the age of 50. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. who aren't comic book fans.
0: Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I do get, when I taste it, you know, I get some of that fruit. I definitely get that citrus. Um, I don't know if it's the passion fruit blending with the pineapple Mm -hmm. because I can't discern the two, but I can definitely get fruits besides citrus in there.
1: Yeah. You kind of, I'm getting the citrus. That pineapple is pretty strong. Um, And I, and I don't know which hop it is. If it's galaxy or Vic secret that does pineapple I don't know one of the flavor profiles.
0: The aroma profile reminds me a lot of the galaxy IPAs I've had in the past. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We don't know their process. We don't know when they're adding the hops because when you add your hop impacts what you actually get on the palate, Mm -hmm. on the nose, the aroma. So they could just be adding galaxy late just to get that
1: aroma. Yeah. I think the passion fruit may be more of a front end flavor. If that dissipates, it's just really heavily. Pineapple and citrus for me. I yeah. don't pick up on the raspberry. Not at all. Which is an interesting flavor that I would not normally associate as being in there with passion fruit, citrus, and pineapple.
0: Yeah, it does seem like an odd flavor.
1: That would when I think raspberry, now I instantly go to tangled uh the, oh, the tangled vine? Yeah, the thousand or the, oh, the uh, berry uh, rose from uh, foothills. Oh gosh,
0: yeah. That was a, like a a ro- like a raspberry uh, uh
1: yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Was, is raspberry. I know. was <laughs> <laughs> no, um, a raspberry raspberry. Oh, raspberry raspberry. Hmm. I um, like, I like this though. I mean, it's straightforward, but it is very juicy, fruity, tropical. This is a little more tropical than perhaps the, uh, pinner. Definitely. Uh,
0: it's more citrusy I'd say than the pinner. I don't know about tropical depending on your guys I just get the
1: pineapple more in this yeah. one than the other, but Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I guess that means we should move on to our next IPA.
1: Yeah, the Fugly. Mm, Fugly. Fugly is uh, an IPA that they brew with yuzu and ugly fruit. It's 5.8% alcohol, 60 IBUs. It's an American IPA. It has blueberry and tangerine notes from Mosaic hops. It is inspired by a yuzu brew that they made with some Japanese brewing friends.
0: Hmm. Well, I like the smell already. Uh, The mosaic uh, does bring out a fantastic, uh, the tangerine is there. I'm not sure about the blueberry, um, but I definitely can smell the tangerine. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm liking what I've got so far.
1: Yeah, and this um, yuzu, while I'm not exactly sure what, if you laid a yuzu fruit in front of me, I wouldn't be able to say that's yuzu. But I have gotten to know the smell and the taste, and it smells okay. so heavily like yuzu. I don't know what an ugly fruit is per se.
0: They're not particularly attractive. Um, <clears> obviously,
1: just, mm-hmm.
0: it's spelled differently. Is that why the can,
1: <laughs> the can even says yuzu ugly? Y-
0: yes, I mean they're they're just trying to make fun puns. Yet again, we're we're, we're doing we've got a pun brewery today. So an ugly fruit is. Um, similar to like a grapefruit, but like really wrinkly, like the skin is three sizes too large. Mm -hmm. Um, So so, it's like
1: a sharpe version of a grapefruit.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It is a a sharp fruit, (laughs) Uh, but it's a,
1: I don't get it sharp. I think it's more flat.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, So what they do with this is what they do with this. uh, The Yuzu is a Japanese fruit and the ugly fruits are Jamaican. So they have a odd Japanese Jamaican, uh, taste going on mm-hmm. um i'm not particularly familiar with yuzu um but i am more familiar with the ugly fruit and it is i definitely get the citrus and that kind of a uh, flavor profile
1: yeah i do get tasting it i get the blueberry just a little bit but it is mostly tangerine it's more like a rind like on a tangerine mm-hmm. uh is pretty interesting so like fun fact on vacation um, when well, my wife and I were in Quebec recently, a sir.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. to> Quebec.
1: <laughs> we ended up at this hole in the wall, Japanese ramen restaurant and it was fantastic, hmm. but they had a Sapporo beer that they called Yuzu Sapporo. And I was like, Oh, this is some Sapporo variant that I didn't know existed <laughs> that I can't get at home. So I ordered it. No, they poured a Sapporo in a glass and then had <laughs> Yuzu fruit in a bottle that they make like cocktails and stuff with, and they mixed it into the Sapporo, but it was insane. And I would drink like 10 of those in a sitting because uh, we had just gone hiking and it was extremely hot outside. So it was perfect, but yeah, Yuzu has quickly become a favorite fruit of mine.
0: Fair enough. I think I like this more than the Dales. Um, Probably more than the Piner, Piner, Mm -hmm. Piner, whatever as well. I'm going with what I know. (laughs) Uh, but it's definitely such a different profile from their regular IPA that it, I think it's a unique experience.
1: Yeah. This is, a uh, this is refreshing mm-hmm. and different. It's not your, where the IPA was citrus and tropical fruits and pineapple and stuff that you're used to seeing in an IPA. This is a nice change of pace in an IPA.
0: So I'm going back and forth between them. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very different flavors. I like them both. I like them both, but I think the, the Fugly is just a nice, a fun little change in pace. Well, I I guess it's time we uh crank it up a notch in terms of alcohol.
1: Yeah, let's get a let's get a little wee heavy in here. All
0: right. Our second to last beer is the old Chubb Scotch Ale. Uh it is an eight percent ABV, uh twenty five IBUs, and it is a strong Scottish strong ale or a wee
1: heavy. Um <laughs> again with another wee heavy. I love a good wee heavy. I, I do, too, but...
0: Yeah. Um, there are seven different malts in this uh, beer, including crystal and chocolate malts. Uh, they use malted barley, specialty grains, and then this is where it gets interesting. They use a Beechwood smoked grains that they import from Bromberg, Germany. Good old Deutschland.
1: Bromberg or Bamberg?
0: Uh, it is Well, we wrote Bamberg. It could be Bromberg, though. We just misspelled it.
1: I prefer Bamberg, just to find am speaking.
0: Well, it's probably Bamberg, then. It's probably not Brom or Bam. Uh,
1: Bamberg. It's
0: not Bamberg. It's not a <laughs> kicker from NC State's football team. <laughs> Bamberg. Um, they say that the flavors include a semi-sweet cocoa and coffee and a touch of smoke. Uh, if you listen to our Blueprint episode, we had a Scotch Ale at that time. This is not the same.
1: No, this is an entirely different... Wait, this has <laughs> been kicked up a notch in the uh, We Heavy category. So this one's really smoky on the nose.
0: Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the Brewprint <clears throat> Scotch Ale, that's a Scotch Ale that I would usually offer to people that have never had a Scotch Ale before. This is a Scotch Ale I offer to people that have had Scotch that Ale. That like
1: <laughs> Scotch Ales <laughs> a lot. This um, The smokiness reminds me, because it's a Scotch Ale, it reminds me of Scottish whiskey. So like Johnny mm-hmm. Walker, um, when you think of Glen Scotch Fritch. whiskey, yeah, you think of that smoky, peaty, earthy mm-hmm. smell and taste to that drink. Um a lot of times with whiskeys because they actually smoke it with dirt and, right. and and turf. But this is uh the smoked grain that they use is really I mean I would be surprised if they did smoke it with peat like Scotch whiskey over there, but they I'm might. Not sure.
0: Um but this is good. It's also a bit bitier. Um that's why they have that nitro version, which it makes smooths everything <laughs> out.
1: Yeah, so wow. I haven't had that in a while. <clears throat> It, it's been a minute since <laughs> me and the old chub have hung out.
0: <laughs> so this the tagline mm. for this one, it's a virtual planetoid, uh kind of like Sputnik. Um, and so it's a rather good to me at least, it's a very good
1: beer. Yeah, it's the the semi sweet cocoa. I do get the chocolate, um, whether that be from the chocolate malt, the or what have you in the beer, but it's, it's marx, not, yeah. it's not as sweet as the Edinburgh. And I think that's a, I'm attributing that to the smokiness mm-hmm. of it.
0: It does have a nice little sweet finish. Um, but this beer does bite a lot more. This, this beer lets you know, it is a wee heavy. It lets you know, it's not just a wee heavy. It's a, it's a good bit heavy.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's
0: not light. doesn't sit easily mm-hmm. in the palate. It, it really goes in and it just goes to town on your, on your tongue.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, in all honesty, I prefer, the first time I had Old Chubb, I didn't like it. I wasn't, that was probably back when I was just getting into craft beer as well. So, We Heavy is not the best thing to start drinking when you're just getting into craft beer. But then I tried it again because somebody told me to try it on nitro mm-hmm. and completely changed it. I would drink Old Chub on nitro all day, every day. It just really, like you said, it smooths it out. Mm-hmm. Makes it a little creamier, maybe take some of the harshness off of it. Yeah. But um, I mean, for having again, it's been a while since I've had Old Chub. It's uh, it's better than I remember it being.
0: Yeah, and it, it'll attack your palate, which is yeah. fine. I like things <clears throat> that that bite me in the face.
1: Well, yeah, you've <laughs> got to have that stuff for your palate. Um,
0: <laughs> Look, if it's not Andrew, just wants to the... be
1: assaulted <laughs> <laughs> behind if his ears.
0: Punching me in the face is not doing his job. <laughs> Subtly, be damned.
1: Well,
0: I guess that was good. So I guess we've got one more tonight.
1: Yeah. The next and final beer in our tasting tonight is the Death by Coconut. So this is a 6.5% ABV, 25 IBU coconut porter. Uh, Surprisingly, when I was researching this one, I didn't realize that it is a collab beer with Shamrock Brewing Company. It is released once a year. Uh, it is a semi-sweet porter with dark chocolate and extra dark caramel malt. The tagline for this one is Pass-Hit.
0: So, uh, as as Aaron mentioned, that this has actually not come out yet this year. Um, so, we are drinking a 2017 uh, Death by Coconut.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of our local bottle shops, I was walking through it trying to find some more oscar blues beers and i saw the death by coconut i was like i know it comes out in the winter Mm -hmm. but uh comes out in october (laughs) comes out in october so this has been sitting on the shelf for a minute
0: hey but you know what uh you pick it up and all you smell is coconut
1: yeah and it's a porter so it can sit on the shelves for a while and be fine it's not like a hazy ipa that needs to be great hazy
0: ipas can sit on the shelf no i was gonna say who lets them I mean, mind uh, yeah. I was gonna say mind all, might my, uh, sit in the fridge for about a, a, a week, maybe. Tell us. yeah.
1: Holy crap! Yeah, that's a lot of coconut, <laughs> and I've had this one before. <laughs> but disclaimer, I'm not a huge coconut fan, actually. I fairly despise coconut. Mm. Um,
0: it's an almond joy, that's what it yeah, is.
1: It it mm-hmm. smells like German chocolate mm-hmm. cake, where you have, uh, yeah, 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 the coconut. On the outside, what is that
0: um, German chocolate cake? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Are you talking about Schwarzwald cake, <laughs> black forest cake?
1: Yeah, except without the cherries. Without in the it. cherries, right? yeah, yeah. But this is like a chocolate coconut Schwarz,
0: uh black forest cake is uh, just uh, cherries and chocolate. Mm, yeah, this go. is just German chocolate cake with the coconut on it. Um, when I taste it, uh, it just—it's just like an almond joy. Just a little light on the chocolate. It's like you took an almond joy. You still get a little of that nuttiness to it, which is why I'm Mm -hmm. going with Almond Joy, not Mounds. Um, Because
1: Mounds don't have nuts.
0: (laughs) um, But yeah, it's got that nice dark chocolate and then a little Mm -hmm. bit of the coconut. And then I'm picking up a little almond there, but I don't think that's the intent.
1: No, I think, I mean, honestly, for as much as I dislike coconut and as much as it smells like straight coconut, Mm -hmm. I actually do like Death by Coconut. The coconut is really more muted on the palate than mm-hmm. you would expect it to be. It kind of lingers a little bit, so it's not my favorite, but the chocolate sticks around and then it's it's that almondy. There's almost like a coffee tone to it at mm-hmm. the end, like a a little bit of smoky coffee. That's like roasty flavor. Sort
0: of what I expect from my porters because mm-hmm. this is still a porter. It's dark like a stout. It's thick like a stout, but it's not a stout. No, um, it's definitely still a porter.
1: Yeah, and you can tell because it's not like we've noted before in other episodes with porters and stouts, the porter tends to be a little thinner. Right. You can tell it's got a little bit more carbonation. It's not as thick. It doesn't coat the inside of your mouth as much. Right. But I mean, I I love porters yeah. as well as stouts and this one while I wouldn't drink a sixer of it, I'll right. drink a Death by Coconut yeah. for the most part. And I think, you know, for having said that this beer is a 2017 that came out in October, that was, oh, you sorry. know, nine months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's held up very well.
0: Yeah, it's done a good job. So, Travis, what do you think about Oscar Blues now?
1: Same thing I thought about him before. I like Oscar Blues. I've never had a chance to go up to the brewery in when we go to Asheville. It's kind of you know, hard to carve out the time to drive an hour round trip to some of the breweries. But uh, next time we go up there, i got to go visit because um, I've been to the other big ones. Mm-hmm. Their beers are good. I like the counterculture thing, similar mm-hmm. to Unknown that they promote. Their beers are really good, solid beers. And then they're a little different.
0: Yeah, they're well-made. They're a little different. Um, the Mama little mama, Mama's Little Yellow pills. Um, I'm just calling it Pilsner. Uh, the Pilsner is um, different enough from normal Pilsner, and the pale ale is different from a, what you would expect from a normal pale ale. Mm-hmm. Um, they just create a very unique flavors to them. Uh, the beers are good. I love that they are unlike Unknown. Unknown is trying to be nebulous and trying to be confusing with their culture, their counterculture, but they want you to define your counterculture, whereas Oscar Blue sort of has find what they mean by this is a lifestyle. Like Aaron said, this is Oscar blues is a beer company, but they are a lifestyle too.
1: Yeah. They really encourage you to get outside. Anybody who's familiar with uh ball, the can and production company it's on their cans. Every uh, single one of them is a ball can. And again, with the pack it in, pack it out. It's just, yeah. I, and the thing I like about the canning aspect, aside from the discussion of, you know, beer being, whether it's better for the beer or not is the can is more versatile. Like you can take the can Mm -hmm. camping. I can take it in my hiking pack. I can pack it on a camping trip, crush it, take them and get rid of them. Right. You can take it places where they don't, you know, a lot of pools don't necessarily allow glassware outside Mm -hmm. the pool cans. And it's one of the better canned craft beers. It's the OG canned craft beer. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I like Oscar blues. Yeah.
0: And, uh, like uh, right before, well, I guess right after this podcast airs, a uh, burning can will be happening in Brevard, North Carolina. So if you are in Brevard and you want to head down or near Brevard or, you know, within a couple of hours, head down to uh, Brevard to the Oscar blues brewing and go see burning can.
1: Yeah. They have passes. I think I read on their website for mm-hmm. the whole weekend or just for the day. They get yeah. you in one day to see the music, eat the food and drink the beer, drink the beer.
0: And they do have uh, Aaron said about 60 different breweries that they've got planned up. And these are, unique canned beers from across the country that, you know, people, at least in our area don't normally get.
1: Yeah. So as
0: well as Oscar blues beer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think that about wraps it up. Just, uh, you know, again, a big thank you to Aaron Baker for taking the time to talk to us and Mm -hmm. give us a little more information. We appreciate the, uh, the notoriety from the companies to talk to us and, uh, get the word out there on the pod and to, uh, I know we're not, a conglomerate yet so it it makes us feel better that they take the time to talk to the little guy
0: yeah so uh thank you again aaron and i get some Moscow blues yeah go to a brewery enjoy yourself some cans and don't be afraid of craft beer in a can there's no reason to be afraid of that
1: yeah long live the can
0: long live the can thank you for listening to this week's brew
1: news if you enjoyed the show please take a moment to subscribe and give us a rating in whichever app you found us on. We value your feedback, and it also helps the show reach more viewers.
0: If you have any thoughts or suggestions for future breweries, or are with a brewery and would like to join us, feel free to tweet at or follow us on Twitter at brew_news. On Untapped, Travis is Mathernuts, and Andrew
1: is Tuba Steve. We're on Instagram at brewnewspod, and you can visit our website brewnewspod.com where we post our tasting and episode notes.
0: You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you
1: use. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week to look at another exciting brewery. Cheers! Cheers.